Hey friends, Pastor Marco here. First of all, thank you for listening to the weekly podcast. I want to um, encourage you to do something. If you listen to us from a different state or a different country and you love the church and you want to be more connected to it, we are now opening it up for people to host new life communities from where they are. And if you're interested in being one of those people that can uh, host a watch party of our services where you can invite your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers, your neighbors or whatnot to come and be a part of it, uh, email us at info at newlifesouthcoast.com because we want to be able to have pockets of new life communities all over the nation and all over the world. So if you're interested, get back to us. Uh, we would love to connect with you. Also, if you're closer and you can be in the physical building, our services now are at 9.15 and 11 a.m. at our New Bedford location and 11 a.m. at our Forever location. The best way to stay connected is by downloading our church app. Go to the browser um, and just type in New Life South Coast and our app will pop up on Apple or whatever else that you use for you to stay connected. I pray that today's message, as usual, will encourage you, challenge you, and, and bless your walk with the Lord. Well, it's great to see everyone. God bless you. Great to have uh, uh, Legacy Church with us. God bless you guys. Uh, I pray that you're well and, and, and happy and, and healthy. Same thing with South Coast. Bless you guys. And of course, Awakening Church. And whoever else is joining us online, I pray that you are mightily touched by God today. I pray that our ears are open, our eyes are open, our hearts are open, and I pray the Holy Spirit deposits something deep into us today. That's my hope and that's my prayer. And I want to talk to you about the church there is probably no more crucial time, especially in our life, lifetime, where we need the church. And especially in this time where the church is trying to be relegated to the, to the back burner, uh, off to the side. Um, it's, it's something that we kind of do maybe, especially those of you that are watching online. I mean, we, we need to get to the house of the Lord. We need to get to the people of God as soon as you can. As soon as you, I mean, I would encourage you, come and social distance 30 feet away from the next person, but don't just stay away forever because the church is a very crucial component of your spirituality and your life in Christ. And so, um, but this is the time where, where it's being pushed off to the side. I, I can't help but thinking there's some kind of correlation between how much violence and weirdness and awkwardness and, and, and uh, upheaval that there is in the earth and the fact that the church is kind of sidelined off to the side where we can gather if it's under 12 people, if it's under just uh, uh, 50 people, or you, you, you can gather if we're social distanced completely away and somebody comes on this day and somebody comes on another day. We, we no longer can come together as the people of God and raise our voices together Come together in unison and begin to declare his glory and his power and have the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit rain down on us. We need that more now than maybe we have ever needed it. And so I, I, I'm praying that, that we have not lost the power and the importance, the crucial nature of what the church is to us as human beings. You know, what is the church? The church is God's provision to the human race to give us strength and power and deliverance and clarity, clarity of thought, clarity of our, our, our minds. 
and to strengthen our faith, to strengthen who it is we are. We, we are, we are the, the city of the living God. We are the city of the living God. We're the church of the living God. We're not just some casual thing. We're not just some Sunday thing. And so I think that church leaders over the past 15 years have, in an effort to open wide the doors of the church to whoever is seeking, and I don't say that this isn't something that everybody hasn't tried to some degree, and, 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 and I understand that the motives are right and they're good, but maybe we've gone too far, especially, like I say, these last 15 years, where the church has, has uh, fallen into this thing called seeker-sensitive. Uh, if you're just seeking, perhaps, uh, and we got to be seeker sensitive. And so we're told, listen, don't say anything that will offend the brand new seeker. Somebody who really doesn't know about church, they don't know about God, they don't know about the things of God, they don't know about the power of God. So you've got to be careful that you don't say something that will scare them off. Because they're seeker sensitive and, 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 and we're, we want to be sensitive to them. We want to make sure that, uh, that every single person is comfortable but what, what we've done, I think, is we've taken away the, the power nature of the church. The fact that God, in his living spirit, in a pillar of fire, comes down into the midst of God's people and delivers us and strengthens us and heals us and sets us on the right course and, 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 and delivers us from all the bugs and all the different things that gets on us in the world, we need the power of God. We need the church. We need the church to be powerful. And so over the past 15 years, uh, people have become uh, very casual about their na- nature in church. Uh, you know, I, 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 I need to choose between this church and that church. And I'm not too sure. That one has great harmonies, but that one has a great cafe. I don't know, honey, which one do you want to go to? That's not what church is. And I can tell you, if that's what you're trying to decide between, this church ain't for you. I pray that we have the power of the living God, the city of the living God, visited by the Holy Spirit each and every Sunday. And I pray that you understand that this is a crucial thing that you need to run into and run under and get into because you need the power of God's glory and his presence to come on you. And, 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 and you know, it's not, it's not enough to just say, well, I get that at home in my living room and I get that at home when I'm in the shower or when I'm in the tub or when I'm in driving my car. That's not the, that's not the gathering of God's people. That is not the city of the living God. That's not the house of the living God. That's a great relationship that you have with the Lord personally, but there is the gathering of God's army that happens, and and the Lord says, I will be in the midst of that. Even if it's just two or three that are gathering in my name, I'll be in the midst of that. He's talking about the ecclesia. He's talking about the army of God, the family of God, the city of the living God. And so it's very, very powerful, very crucial. And I want to caution us that we don't start to slip into this casual thing where, you know, I clicked online, I, I caught a little of this, I caught a little of Stephen Furtick, I caught a little bit of uh, Hillsong. I'm good for this week. You're not good. You need to get to the house of the Lord. You need to get to the camp of God. You need to get to the dwelling place of God so that he can, he can work on you. He can, he can fix you. He can tune you. He can, he can adjust you. That's what happens in the house of the Lord. That's what happens in the church of God. And so 
The church is God's provision. It's his throne on the earth. So when we see in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, where there was the outer court, then there was the inner court, and then there was the the holy of holies. In the Old Testament, we see where the Bible talks about the tabernacle of God, where we have the outer court, we have the, the holy place, and then we have the holy of holies, the most holy place, where the priest would enter once a year. But I want you to know, uh, that, that's, that's awesome. That's the Old Testament. That's the tabernacle. The church is more powerful than that. It says this in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 18. Look at this. Paul is saying this. The writer of the Hebrews is saying this. You have not come to a mountain, Mount Sinai, that can be touched and that is burning, a physical mountain that is burning with fire to darkness, to gloom, and to storm. You've not come to a physical mountain, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they couldn't bear what was commanded. And even if an animal touched the mountain, it was so holy, Mount Sinai, it had to be stoned. It says, the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. Moses was trembling with fear. You have not come to that mountain. You've not come to that mountain that's burning with fire so holy if an animal touches it, they need to be stoned. No, you've come to something more powerful than that when you come to the house of the living God. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in your joyful assembly. Do you remember when Jacob was, uh, was, uh, had that vision of the angels ascending and descending on, uh, up and down the ladder, up to heaven and back down to earth? He said, this is none other than the house of God. This is none other than Bethel, the house of God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. And I think that people don't understand. When you come to church, we are surrounded by angels. We're surrounded by ministers of fire, pillars of fire, ministering spirits coming in and joining with us in praise and worship. This is an angelic host that comes and joins us in church. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn. You've come to the church of the firstborn. It's more powerful than anything that we see in the Old Testament. You've come to the dwelling place of God. Now, when we come to the city of God, the house of God, when we come, two things happen. One, something ascends from us up to God. You know, I use the term, and we, we, we use the term in the Bible, up to heaven. When in fact, It's just the supernatural. We call this the natural. We call up the supernatural, up to heaven. But in fact, the supernatural is among us. And so when I say ascend, we're ascending into the spirit dimension. So there's two things that happen. We we send up our prayer and praise ascending up to the Lord, but God descends in his presence and comes down with with what he deposits in us, the glory of the Lord deposits in us. So there's two things that happen, but let me just say this. As we come together as the army of God, as the, as the family of God, these two things happen in the ascension. Number one uh, is prayer, and number two is praise. Let me take this backwards, though, and just say, talk about praise first, because it is a weapon of war. We declare who God is. See, as we're declaring who God is, God is speaking over us. It's, it's not just a one-way action. It's an interaction. 
God joins us, and we begin to sing and shout about his goodness, his grace, his power, the fact that he's our mighty fortress, and God begins to shout down, no weapon can be formed against you. Your mercies are new every morning. You are forgiven, you are washed, you are cleansed, and we're raising our voices up to the Lord, and we're shouting out these truths. And so there's this exchange that takes place, worship and praise. You are my light. You're my healer. You are my strength. And we sing and we lift our voices and we declare something very powerful happens. All of a sudden, my heart starts to speak heavenly truths. All of a sudden, I start to speak in a prophetic nature. The Holy Spirit himself begins to speak through me. And, 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 and you know, if you sing these songs, which I'm not a good memory verse person when it comes to singing songs. I forget what the, ver- the words are. Sometimes I just sing my own words. Uh, not, not quite as good, but, but you, you, you know, especially when we're out in the field and we don't have the overhead. I gotta, I get, I, you know, I, I'm on my own. But, but when, you, when you read the words of these songs, they are written by people who are inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down these prophetic truths given to God's body, the body of, of the church, to speak to back to him. These are prophetic words that start to come out of us. When we begin to sing, I, I liken it to you know, a pump. When you first start to prime, you know the old pumps in the farmhouse? When you first would start to pump the water, nothing would come out until it, it started to get primed. And then a little bit of gurgling, rusty water would come out. But then eventually you would start to get down into the depths of the well and this pure flowing uh, well water would, would begin to spring up out of that well. Spring up a well. When you begin to sing songs to the Lord, you come to church, sometimes you have to tell your, your flesh, sit down, I'm here to worship the Lord. And as I, begin to, as I begin to enter in, these are songs somebody else wrote, but I begin to make them mine. And I begin to sing, and as I do, a little bit of rusty water starts to gurgle out, but eventually I start to sing these prophetic words. They're not just whoever wrote them, you know, out there in the, in the world, maybe Hillsong or, or Bethel or, or Stephen Furtick or whatever, maybe songs that we wrote ourselves here. They're not just somebody else's words. They become my words. And all of a sudden, there is a flow, a prophetic flow. I begin to prophesy these words over my life, over my family, over everything that, 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 that I can take authority over, I declare the goodness of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of the Lord, the deliverance of God. I begin to worship God, and he, en- he enjoins this activity and begins to speak through me as well. And so all of a sudden, my spirit starts to get cleansed. All of the fog of, of, of the weekly warfare and daily junk that goes on starts to clear from my mind. I start to come back into alignment with who I am and who God is and who he's made me to be. And all of a sudden, all the tangled cobwebs of the deception and the lies and all the garbage and the junk starts to come off of me and I begin to start to get clarity. You know, the Bible says that we're not ignorant of the devil's schemes. Well, 
we, we can sometimes give in to them if, if we don't come into the house of the Lord and get that knocked off of us. We start to get further and further away from the things of God. We start to get further and further away from where God wants us to be. And so I need to get my heart washed out. I need to get my mind washed out. I need to get my eyes tuned back in and focused and so forth. In worship, this begins to happen. My spirit begins to align back in with these prophetic things I'm singing. And not just for me, but for my house and for my family and for my future and for all that, that God has for me. This is praise. It, it, is, it is a weapon of war. It's, it's a warfare. You know, when Paul and Silas begin to praise the Lord, the book of Acts says, the very foundations of the prison were shook. All the doors of the, of the prison doors flew open and their chains fell off. This is a sign this is a symbol of what happens to us in worship. It's very powerful. This might not happen to you when you're driving in the car, but it happens when we come into the city of God and the Bible says the city of the living God where he dwells in the midst and we begin to have this exchange. All of a sudden, the chains begin to fall off. The deception that, 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 that I was entertaining, the weirdness, the offense, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the little awkwardness, the junk, stuff I heard on the news, stuff someone told me, stuff I saw on Facebook, all of a sudden, all of that junk starts to fall off of me. Those chains start to come off of me. And I say, hold on a second. I'm a child of God. God has his favor on me. He puts my one step in front of the other. He plans my pathway. And I begin to declare this stuff over me. And all of a sudden, I start to get clarity of thought. Praise is a weapon of war. And then secondly, prayer is another weapon of war. Prayer is another offensive weapon. Where I begin to declare, on earth as it is in heaven, thy will be done. On earth. And I pray. We pray together. You know, what's so important, every time we, 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 we receive the tithe and the offering, we pray for people's finances. I really believe the church is blessed because your, your finances are prayed for every week because we, we, we believe that God wants to bless you. And it might not be with, with cows and goats and sheep and so forth, but I believe it's with prosperity. You are prayed for every week and we lift up our voices to the Lord. But so much more, we begin to pray. We begin to ask God, thy will be done on earth. Thy will be done in my job. Thy will be done in my home. Thy will be done on earth in my marriage, on earth with my kids, on earth with my future. Thy will be done. And we begin to cry out. And I want you to know, God wants to show you he's there. You say the prayer, I'll answer the prayer. God wants you to know he's real, he's powerful, he hears you, the slightest cry, he hears you. And so that's why God responds so instantly to prayer. Prayer is a powerful tool against the devil. He has no weapon that he can form against you when you begin to pray. Prayer is something that happens in church. Prayer is something that we, we, we uh, in unison, we join hands, we agree together as touching something. Whatever two or three agree together is touching, I'll bring it to pass. The Lord says, pray in my name and I'll bring it to pass. Prayer is so powerful. Thy will be done, God. Thy will be done. What can happen to me outside of God's will? Nothing. 
nothing because I pray, God, thy will be done. And so this, these are things that ascend. Worship, pray, uh, praise, adoration, the glory of God. We begin to announce it. And then we begin to pray. We begin to intercede. You know, what, 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 why I think that a lot of the junk that's happening in the earth right now is happening because the church has, is sidelined. If the devil could have any strategy at all, he might say, how do we get the church to not be the church? How do we get the church to not gather, to not pray, to not lift up their voice, to not intercede for Chicago? How do we get them to not intercede, to stand in the gap, to say this far and no further? How do we get them to not do that in New York, in Detroit? in Philadelphia, how do we get them to not do that? How about, a, how about a virus? Give them an excuse to stay home. Give them a fear that it would, that it would infect them. And, and I, I'm not saying that, that the virus is just fearful or just something that's made up. I, I really believe it is a devastating thing. But we have to rise up against this thing and say, wait a second, we're the house of the Lord. Come hell or high water, we have to gather together. You know that the early Christians would not not gather together. They would meet in the, in the, uh, the holes of where they, they would bury people, the catacombs. They would meet there because it was such a, a, a despicable place and no one would even look for them there. That's where they would meet. And what happened was it became such a powerful place where people started getting healed and people started getting deliverance and uh, devils being cast out and all this other stuff. They couldn't keep it a secret any longer. Everybody knew the power of God is coming to the catacombs. I want you to know the power of God is in the city of the living God. I need to get there. I need to get my household there. I need to get my kids there. I need to get myself there. I need to get my faith there because God is gonna show up and it is gonna be powerful and some stuff is gonna come off of me. I don't even realize I'm healthy because I stand under the, the spout where the glory comes out to go Pentecostal on you. I don't even realize that I'm joyful because I come into the place, the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I, I come into this place of liberty and all of a sudden the depression break, it cannot stay. The thoughts of darkness and, and doom and depression and suicide cannot stay because God begins to wash you and cleanse you and, 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 and come over you in response to your prayer. But then that's the ascension part where God, God's people uh, send up these, uh, this incense of prayer and praise. But then God descends into the midst of his people. If you could picture the, 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 the Lord coming into the midst of his people. And he begins to work. Just like Jesus walked through the crowd, he began to work. He began to raise the dead. He began to open blind eyes. He began to set the leper free. Jesus walks through the midst of his church. Something happens. You're not just sitting there in your lawn chair having a happy, you know, happy little latte while you're listening to that guy give a positive speech. No, actually, you're, you're in the city of the living God, and the living God is walking through the midst of his people, touching, healing, blessing, and you don't even realize it. Deliverance is, is coming into your spirit. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is liberation. And it's not just a, an act or a, a, or an, a one-time thing of, of liberty. It is the action of liberation. You are coming into a place of, of deliverance where deliverance is happening on every level. Sometimes 
big, where you get delivered from drugs, sometimes little, where you get delivered from these nagging thoughts or something that happened to you 30 years ago. But on every level and deep, deep, deep down where no doctor can touch, no psychiatrist can touch, deliverance can reach down there and touch you there. If you're gonna be healed, if you're gonna be healthy, if you're gonna be whole, you have to come to the healer. You have to come to him who's working. And so forgiveness is one thing, but deliverance is something else. I wanna be forgiven, but the Bible says deliver us from evil, amen? Forgive us our trespasses, but deliver us. Let the deliverer walk up and down in the midst of his people. It's so funny that... uh, you can get healed or set free while the preacher is preaching. It, it might be a, a physical healing. My daughter was talking to me the other day about uh, how she had uh, healing come to her jaw in the midst of uh, the, 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 the church service, but she was downstairs doing something and, and, and it happened to her. While she, she was downstairs working in, behind the scenes, she got healed. I've heard of people that they're getting out of their car in the parking lot and the heat of God hits them and they get healed. You get healed during worship. You get healed in the city of the living God because the living God is the healer. You need church. We need church. Church is not some little Disney thing where we're all happy and we get greeted by Mickey Mouse at the front door. No, church is a very powerful, holy place of God's healing fire, delivering fire, and we come and we receive it from the Lord. He cuts off the junk. He cuts off the fog. He opens up our eyes. Things that were deceiving you. Decisions you were making that were wrong. Things that you were mounting and building in your mind that were wrong. Uh, deceptions that, that were adding up were wrong. And God comes and he says, hold on. In the light of my presence, I'm gonna shine a light and expose all this garbage. Expose all this stuff. When the fire of God comes and he begins to burn off of us, what's what's so cool is that you might not ever even feel it, but I pray it happens every single week. I pray every single week God is touching you, God is softening you, God God is blessing you. Let me ask you this. Maybe you could be honest here. Um, The more you miss church, the harder you get. Isn't that true? The more you miss church, the harder you get. You do have a hard shell. You will go back, the Bible says, to the old things because that's your old nature. And if you get out of his nature, you start to go back to your old nature. You wonder why you've been so aggravated, so easily irritated, so so awkward, so offended, so bitter, so, you know, uh, unloving or unjoyful. I'll tell you, it's because you got to stand under uh, the outpouring of God's spirit and begin to declare, Lord, you're my strength. You're my healer. You're the one who softens my heart. My heart is hard all by myself. I, I know what I am all by myself, God, and it is not good. I need you, Lord. Come and soften me. Come and break off of me. Come and, come and clean the barnacles off of me. You know, uh, The opening of blind eyes was a prophetic act in the New Testament, but it's of the spirit realm. Really, the miracle happens in church where where our blind eyes are open. You know, let me say this with regard to being seeker sensitive. 
Um, the church's main purpose is not evangelism. It's not evangelism. The church's main purpose is for God's people to meet God and for God and, and his people to interact. That's the main purpose of church, where we grow in the spirit and things get deep, things get powerful, things get knocked off of us and, 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 and we, we interact with the Lord. He fills us again and again with his spirit, where we become filled with the spirit of the Lord. As far as evangelism is concerned, when you meet one of those people that are filled with the spirit of the Lord, that's when evangelism happens because he can't shut up about Jesus. They can't not, you can't not notice that this person has the joy of the Lord. You can't not notice that this person has a peace that passes all understanding. You can't not notice that this person is drastically different from how they used to be. That's how evangelism takes place. That's how people are, are brought into the house of the Lord. And they might come into a very powerful place. The last thing they need to do is meet Mickey. They might come into a very powerful place. They're seeking, all right, but they're not sensitive. They're desperate. They're desperate. I know I need something. I know I need God. I know I see something in that person. That's how evangelism takes place. So the church leaves its place of being a place of power and the city of the living God. The church leaves, leaves its place of being that, and we try to be the place for everybody else. Let's just be a world place where world people can come in with world stuff, and, and they hardly notice anything different because we're so soft-edged on everything. Nobody is offended about anything. How has that been working? And I think that God is saying, that's not the church. And as the church has been shut, we have to rethink, what is the church? What is it? What is it? Because it's the outpouring of God's power and his spirit. In his presence, your mind gets cleansed. Your heart gets deliverance. Your spirit gets strengthened. Your eyes get open. Your hope is renewed. Your faith is exercised. You know, it's not enough to just... It's not enough to just attend church. You gotta, you gotta come with your faith. You gotta come and engage. You gotta come and, and join in with the army of God. It's not all the pastor or the preacher or the, or the workers. It's, it's not about that. It is about coming into the city of the living God and exchanging with the living God. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to do exactly what it is you need. The preacher's preaching about one thing. The Holy Spirit is, is doing something on the level that you need exactly what it is you need. Timothy, Paul says this to Timothy. Uh, if I'm delayed, after he tells them all this list of things that they need to make, take mind of, if I'm delayed, you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. It's the city of the living God. It's the dwelling place of the living God. It's the, it's the dwelling of the living God. This should be capitalized. Living God, that's, that's who he is. The, it is the pillar, the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. It's the pillar and foundation of the truth. Paul is saying this. God's household is the church of the living God and it's the pillar and the foundation of truth. I pray the church is the pillar and foundation of truth. I need, to, I need to get fixed on truth. I'll tell you, the thing that will keep you on fire for the Lord for the, for the entirety of your life where you don't flame out in five years or you don't flame out in 10 years is to stand on the pillar of God's truth. 
Let the church be the foundation of truth. I need to come into the house of the Lord and hear the truth and have the Holy Spirit speak over me the truth. You see, because when God says, honor your leaders, it's a principle. Even though I waver in all the junk that's coming from the world, I know this is a principle. I'm going to honor those that are in authority over me. Right now, we're seeing complete dishonor, com- complete disarray, complete confusion. Let that not be me. See, I want to honor God with my wealth. I want to honor him with my body. I want to honor him by serving others. I want to honor him by loving others. I want to stick to the principles of God. But what happens is when I start to drift away from the pillar and the foundation of truth, when I start to drift away from that, all of a sudden what happens is I start to get back into how I conduct things, how I think things should be, how I get uh, impacted by all the junk that's in the world, and I start to go back to the old Steve. And the old Steve is not is not disciplined by the principles of God. The old Steve is is dictated to by the urges and the emotions and the feelings and the weaknesses of my flesh. And the weaknesses of my flesh is apathy and laziness and stubbornness and rebelliousness and, 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 and a dishonor of authority, a flippantness to authority. Lying comes easy. Deception comes easy. All this stuff starts to come on you. You, 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 you. you know you're not joyful, but you disregard it. You know you're not peaceful, but you disregard it. You know you're struggling with anger, but you disregard it. You know that, that you're violating principle, but you disregard it. That's the old way. I need to get into the house of the Lord. I need to get to the pillar and foundation of truth. And I believe that the world right now is seeking truth. What is true? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? Because I've been to church. I met Mickey Mouse there. I had the most wonderful latte. I hear the most beautiful harmonies. But I, I need the truth. I need the truth. The church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. And so finally, more than ever, the world needs a powerful church. The world needs a powerful church. I pray that our church in the Northeast can intercede for this region. I pray that we will gather together as the army of God and say something that God wants us to say. Prophesy and pray something that The Holy Spirit wants us to pray. Pray over this region. Pray protection. Pray God's goodness. Pray for peace. I pray for these cities that are under siege, not of people, but by principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places that have come in as marauders to lay siege against these cities. May the church rise up and begin to declare, not now, not here, not while we're going to stand in the gap and intercede. The people of God right now need to not be checked out. We need to be powerful. We need to be powerful. We need to be prophetic. We need to be dialed in. We need to be principled. We need to stand on the truth. 
We need to not be swayed to and fro like a reed, cast back and forth with every wind of doctrine, every false teaching that comes down the pike, every, everybody that has their truth that they want to declare, no, I need to stick to the pillar and the foundation of truth. I need to stick with what God teaches us in the word of God. Can you say amen? Look at this in Isaiah. I'm going to close with this verse here. It says this, and this is, these are some of my favorite verses in the entire uh, Bible. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple. I, I, this is what I think the church is. I think it is a mountain. I think it is a giant mountain in the earth. I think it's higher, bigger, more majestic, stronger, deeper, more rooted than anything else in all of history, throughout all of history, is the house of the Lord. It is the mountain of the Lord's temple. It's going to be established as chief among the mountains, not government, not academia, not education, not medicine. The Lord in his house will be chief among the mountains. It'll be raised above the hills, all the little hills now vying for everybody's attention, vying for their little truth. The house of the Lord will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. And this is what's going to happen. I believe that God is going to pour his spirit out on the church and people are going to begin to stream to it. I remember years ago, God began to say, beat a path to the church. And he showed me a picture of a field. And the field had all grass, like tall grass. It was all laid down, like, like you almost would see a maze. It was all laid down. It was a beaten path to the church. And God was saying, beat a path to the church, because in the last days, the house of the Lord is going to be raised above all the other mountains, and nations are going to be searching where to stream to. They're going to stream to it, and many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob, he will teach us his ways because he has truth. He has honor. He has freedom. He has deliverance so that we may walk in his paths. I want you to know the church is not to be weak right now. We're not supposed to be kicked back. We're not supposed to be relegated off to the side. We got to step in. We got to begin to be the people God's called us to be in worship and in prayer and in the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. The church of the living God. I, I pray that we are the, the, the pillar and foundation of truth that the world can see that that people has it going on. That place has it going on. We need to get there. Most importantly, when the church, when the army of God gets to that place, the Holy Spirit begins to call people. Get over here. Get over here. You want to know how evangelism happens? The Holy Spirit leads people. You need to get over here, and you need to get over here fast. Not because Mickey's at the front door. Not because they hand you a good latte. We have good latte. We have good coffee. I love coffee. But that's not what rescues me. That's not what rescues my family. That's not what rescues the earth. That's not what will rescue your city. It's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when the church begins, begins to be who it is God wants us to be, the Holy Spirit says, 
get that family over here. These people are searching, get them over here. There's power here, there's healing here. They know what the altar is over here. They know how to pray for people over here. They know how to stand in the gap over here. They know how to lift their voices and shout out to the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about dancing before the Lord. The the Bible talks about real worship, where, where the worship ascended up before the throne of God. These people know how to worship, and the Holy Spirit begins to call people in from the north, south, east, and west, from all over. Throughout the villages and hamlets, God begins to uh, comb through and say, you need to get, you need to stream to the house of the Lord, stream to the mountain of God's temple. So let me pray for you right now. I believe that God wants to shake us up. He wants to stir us up, but he wants to get our hearts fixed on who it is we really are as the city of the living God, as the house of the living God. We are the church We are the ecclesia. And in the church, there are all different members of the body. He's the head. People want to say, well, I I follow Jesus. Not so much into the church. The church is the body and he's the head. You can't separate the two. You can't separate the head from the body. It's not good. Now, I I, I pray that, uh, that God begins to put into us, deep down inside us, that the church is the, is the expression of God's rescue on the earth. It is the pillar and foundation of truth. It's the place of deliverance and healing. It's the place of peace and joy. And God, the living God, visits the house of the Lord as the people of God gather together. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord that you've given us the house of the Lord. I pray, God, that we have a renewed love for the house of the Lord, a renewed love for what it is, God, when we come and we sit at your feet. Church is not just a place of singing or gathering or social goodness, God. All those things are right. All those things are awesome. But Lord, it's so much more than that. I pray, God, that uh, we come to the holy of holies, Come to the place where the angels ascend and descend. Thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly gathered together with us, Lord. I pray, God, let the house of God be elevated again in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you begin to uh, speak to us, God. Deliver us, God. Cleanse our hearts and our minds. Put joy back into our hearts. Lord, I pray, God, for clarity of thought. May we stand again on the the foundation, the pillar and foundation of truth in the house of the Lord. Bless your people, I pray. Bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Great to be with you. We'll see you again next time. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.